0: Hello and welcome to the Wheel of Betting weekend preview in association with Gambler. Hello, guys, I hope you're well. It's Marco O'Hare here from Wheel of Betting to hopefully steer the ship towards some weekend winners and value from the Premier League and across Europe too. Uh, with me, to discuss the lines, the markets, the odds, and everything else in between, it's the punter's pal, Tom Love. Tom, um, obviously after the highs of a fortnight ago, brought back down to earth last week, it's fair to say.
1: Yeah, a bit gutting really. Um, the main, it sometimes goes that way, kind of, you, you walk high and low for a, the best bets of the weekend, but it's the, it's the ones that... Um, you've kind of been forced to look at where you get the winners. So, yeah, shame about the long shot. Um, Wolves obviously got a result. Southampton were 2-0 up at half-time, looking good. But, um, yeah, it it was downed really straight away with Nantes losing against Marseille, who decided to turn up for once. They got a win as well midweek with Marseille, so maybe one to avoid from now on. Um but yeah, we had some winners in the Napoli game. We had the Bet Builder at eleven to eight, which copped. Um Zola as well managed to get a shot off for a ten to eleven winner. And uh the bet builder in the Chelsea Spurs game won as well. Um and so did the Mason Mounts have a shot on target of five to six. So four winners then and around four losers as well, which so pretty average, really. Um, but, yeah, really gutting about the nap and the next best and the long shot. Hopefully going to um, rectify myself this weekend.
0: Good, man. That's the attitude. Um, of every faith, you'll be back in the winner's enclosure alongside Mr. Will Dyer, who looks like Mr. Consistent with his nap and his next mm. best. Chipping in again last weekend, Will. Well played, sir.
2: Thank you, mate. Yeah. Hi again. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, pretty good um, on those fronts. With the shorter prices, I've been all right. With the with the longer longer odds on things like cards and players to score penalties and long shots, I've not managed to get my form. But um, yeah, last week we had Bolton minus one Asian handicap that they breezed home three uh, nil. That was eleven to ten. And I also talked to, talked to Doyle to score anytime at 6-4, and he did. Um, Wickham double chance and under three point five goals. Um, that was six to four as the next best, and uh, they got a late equaliser against Derby for for a winner in that game. And then I uh, felt my long shot was unlucky in the end in the in the Oxford Swindon in the Derby. There was seven cards, um, a lot of time wasting, and a big dirty tackle right at the end from uh, I can't <laughs> remember whose player it was. It Was one, it was one of our players? We've forgotten. But um, yeah, not. Uh, not to be 11 to 2, but they um, would back it again in a heartbeat. <laughs> and then uh, in Spurs Chelsea, uh, my, uh, my main play was uh, Spurs double chance basically at 5 to 6, and they did well. I mean, they stuck to their game plan and saw that out. Um, had Orea to be carded and Zuma anytime goal score as well, which they didn't come in. But um, also in Napoli Juve, uh, each team over 1.5 cards. Sorry, not Napoli Juve, Napoli Roma. Um, I had that at five to four, but that lost um, in the end. It was just a walkover from Napoli, really. And uh, the ref didn't seem too interested in in cards. I, I think the people, a lot of people, were on um, Dries Mertens to to be booked in uh, in celebration um, for mm. in uh, respect for Maradona, but that that unfortunately didn't happen. Uh, even though he did pay a little tribute, so that would have actually seen that winner. But no no such luck there.
0: Okay, well, uh, great work again from the lads. I think between you, you covered plenty of winners across the board last week, so hoping for more again this weekend. Uh, But before we do begin, just another plea from you guys, our listeners, um, that if you do enjoy the analysis and the insight that the guys bring to the table, please do share the podcast socially. We'd be eternally grateful to have your support as we bid to grow the listenership. Uh, These guys obviously put in a huge amount of time researching and sharing these selections so hopefully to win us some cash this weekend and your support in helping us share that podcast to new listeners is appreciated. Um, let's move on then straight into the games and the standout fixture in the Premier League with this weekend. There's quite a few nice looking ties, but it's uh, it's got to be some Super Sunday showdown from the capital. North London derby, Tottenham take on Arsenal. Spurs around 21-20, to 20, 2.05. Uh, Arsenal 3-1, to 1. narrative is very pro Spurs here. Uh, the price very much on the absolute limit of probably where I'd want to punt Spurs, especially considering they were 9-5 to five in this game, uh, hosting Arsenal back in July. Now almost even money. Um, I'd be more interested in potentially getting under 3.5 goals alongside the home win if you were that way inclined. I think that's around 17-10 to 10 at the moment. Uh, I think the days when this game guaranteed and over 2.5 goals and both teams to score banker are long gone. Uh, I wouldn't be too surprised if this game follows the recent trends of these two teams' went under the goal line, but we'll see what the guys say. So, Tom, what's your play for the North London derby?
1: Thinking along very, very similar lines to you there, Mark, you've kind of um, ticked off everything that I've pretty much written (laughs) down. Yes, Spurs are probably the bet um, if I I was taking anything, um, but, yeah, they are a bit short. It's not really the price I like to punt them at, but I do think that it's merited. Um, If you look at... Everything really. If you look at the eye test, and you've seen how good Spurs have been, how professional they've been, they've been able to kind of manoeuvre themselves into different formations and setups against different styles of opponents, which has been really impressive. Uh, Got to give Mourinho some credit. I, I very rarely do do that, but I think that um, he, he's managed to win a, ho- a whole host of different types of games, which is the mark of a good manager, I guess. And he's coming up against an Arsenal side who probably not really what he'd be after. I mean, he probably prefers to be the underdog, does Mourinho. And, um, yeah, Arsenal this season have been very, very Mourinho-esque, really. Um, I think they've, they've looked to do what Spurs have tried to do away from home, and that's to sit back. Um, contain, Let let the opposition have the ball and then try hit them on the break. And um, it'll pose a different type of uh, a different question for Spurs here, just because they they like to do that themselves. So it's going to be a really interesting tactical battle. Obviously, both sides in European action on Thursday night. Um, Spurs are in Austria. Arsenal played at home. So um, Arsenal probably have the advantage in that regard, but I've I've looked into Arsenal and the stats and data, and they have just really failed to impress me on anything. They're ranked 17th for shots per game. That's 9.5 shots per game, which is really low. Uh, just 3.2 on target per game. Oh,
0: Aren't Crystal and, Palace and uh, a couple of others who you'd normally associate with really sort of low shot lines out shooting Arsenal this season? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it it is absolutely bizarre, and I think that Arteta's getting a bit of an easy ride, to be honest, because under Emery, the data was very similar to what it is now. He got the chop, and all the fans' knives were out for him. Uh, Arteta's kind of been spared that a little bit with him being an Arsenal, um, I wouldn't say a legend, but quite a cult figure there, and... Yeah, they've got to improve their balance and their process in general here. And they've not had that link between midfield and attack. Think about the, the times when we had the likes of Cesc Fabregas doing that. And they're a million miles away from that midfield. And they're m- much more functional these days. And that kind of lends itself to a pretty low scoring encounter, especially Mourinho on the other side. So yeah, I can't, I couldn't put you off. Um, I think it was odds against for under two and a half, uh, which did look quite interesting. Um, but yeah, if you want in a back Spurs, I, I couldn't put anyone off the twenty one to twenty. I couldn't, I could completely see their their side of it because Spurs are actually ranking second for xG again, one point six, and they're uh, sixth for xG against one point one. So it's a decent process from them. Um, I just see this as Spurs at home against uh, a mid-table side. Any other side, there would be odds on. Um, if they were playing out now, a, a Palace, for example, then they'd probably be one to two. So, Arsenal aren't too, too much better, as we've mentioned, than the likes of Palace. So, I can completely see that argument, but I would want to get the draw on side as well, just because uh, Arsenal have drawn an awful lot of games under Arteta. And with the inclination that it will be a low-scoring encounter, I do want to get the draw on side. So I've headed to the Bet365 bet builder, something that I do quite a lot, to um, get Spurs to win or draw under five match goals and both teams to have over zero cards. That pays five to six. So it sounds like quite a lot of things that you need to happen for you to get a five to, five to six shot, but... You know, we, we're getting pretty short prices all combined into one here for a five to six. Obviously, it's a derby game. You'd expect at least a card apiece here and plenty of needle. I think fans are going to be allowed back in quite a or well, 2,000 or so, so it gives it a different edge. I think the players will respond to that. Um, and, yeah, I'm not expecting tons of goals, but Arsenal will be... be more than happy with a point here. Um, Spurs, the pressure's on them to win. I do worry about the draw, so that looks like a nice win on the bet builder. I think if you want a little bit of a bigger price, you could look at half-time draw, full-time Spurs to win, uh, which is 4-1 to one across the board with a lot of bookmakers. I mean, you, you could easily see this going nil-nil at half-time, couldn't you? And um, it being quite a dour first half, and then... The quality off the bench is far superior for Spurs these days than Arsenal. You haven't been able to say that the last couple of years. So, yeah, they've got plenty of options off the bench if they want to change stuff up. And uh, I'd see that they that they would have the requisite quality to get that edge and get the goal. So four to one on that half time draw, full time Spurs. You've got to be looking at that if you want in some some a bigger price for a little bit more interest um and just something that that kind of crops up on uh i think it's betfair and paddy power offer the man of the match market and they go on the who scored ratings if you've been on the who scored website i'm sure a lot of our listeners will have Uh, it's a great tool to use they kind of rate players by all manner of metrics and uh It goes purely off stats, not off what the commentators say, which can kind of scuppy you sometimes. So it's purely stats-based. And something that did interest me is Harry Kane has actually won the Man of the Match award in five of the 10 Spurs games this season. So you'd be expecting that to be um, shorter than 2-1. to And I reckon you could probably get 7-2 to or bigger on that. And if you do, I'd be having a little tickle on that because... He does get involved. He's off obviously on penalty kicks as well. Uh, scores plenty, but gets involved in the in the build-up play as well. He does his defensive duties too. So uh, He's improved his passing as well. Obviously, he likes to come deep and provide assists. So it's no surprise that he's winning these Man of the Match awards. Um, always does well in this fixture as well. So if you're getting 7-2 or bigger on that, um, it's definitely one to look at. I presume that that market will come live. Friday or Saturday, but, um, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on. Uh, so, a few different bets in a few different markets, um, but my main one will be that five to six bet builder.
0: A nice one. Three solid angles there from Tom. Uh, over to Dino, Will, Martin Atkinson, the referee, but uh, have you found anything exciting for us to tuck into?
2: Yeah, a um, couple on um, similar lines with Tom, actually. Um, I think I, I looked into Kane Man of the Match last week, which which didn't go too, too Plan, but um, yeah, on the assist front, um, actually, I'll go straight into that. Why not? Um, he's obviously he's got four more assists than any other um, Premier League player at the moment, and I can see this game probably being another one where he's he's going to be kind of playing, pulling the strings from a bit deeper. Um, and I've actually last week I think I I mentioned to to look out for an assist market, and I I tweeted it, um, found it at, at nine to two. Um, but I've now gone and found it um, on Labrix Coral um, in the get a price market. So get a price uh, player assists. Um, it's on like the home, the home part of the, uh, of the event. Um, and it's uh, 11 to 2 for a assist. I mean, he's got nine this season um, and you, you, he's, only, he's only 10 to 3 at Skybet and 11 to 5 at 8.8 sport. So those are the other two that have priced that up. So I think, to be honest, that's actually my main play for the game. Um, I expect him to be yeah, key to this as well. And um, I would probably echo a lot of what Tom has said about, about um, preferences for Spurs and preference for, for under goals. I, the first thing I looked at as well was what you mentioned, Mark, around the price, around nine to five, and then we're around evens here. I think that's more of a reflection of how poor Arsenal have been more than how uh, improved Spurs are really Arsenal's metrics. They're negative on so 44% shots in the box ratio, meaning that they're giving up more shots in the box than they're actually having themselves, which is something you wouldn't expect really from a from a team of their stature um, yeah. in past times. Anyway, um, the expected points table has them in, would have them 12th, only one point more than they actually have. So it's not really that they're underachieving. They're just everyone's kind of pointed out, and all pundits have been pointing out they're not creating chances Aubameyang's not creating anything or achieving anything in positions he's been playing I think they've tried playing him a bit more central again recently but um whereas for Spurs yeah as Tom mentioned they top it top it on 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 open play as well they're really really strong on that metric whereas Arsenal actually if you look at um they're not particularly reliant on on any kind of on set pieces or open play but it is interesting to note that They've only scored 10 goals in 10 games and that is contributed to by two from Gabriel. Um, so those are set-piece goals and they've missed the only penalty they've been awarded as well. So that's not really helped on their XG. Um, Thomas Partey, I think he'll be missing again and he was influential influential really when he got a few games started. Um, but now he's out and the form has dipped again without him. Um, just thinking about that performance Spurs against Chelsea, Um Obviously they they gave Chelsea the the most of the ball and um, Chelsea dictated things but Chelsea's result against Seville shows probably just how good it is to be able to keep a clean sheet against them at the moment as well. I really wouldn't expect Arsenal to be scoring more than one in this in this meeting um and I think it is kind of hard there as well to, to work out how Spurs will tackle this because do they think that Arsenal are that weak that they can just go for them? I think that they'll probably will, See how how their style matches up, at first, and uh, see how much kind of fret they probably just basically, you know, stand off each other for a little bit. So I do like that that kind of approach around halftime draw. Um, and yeah, one other thing I did want to mention again as well. <laughs> I've gone, I'm going back to it for the third time. It's uh, Serge Aurier to be guarded <laughs> uh, at nine to two at eight 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 Sport. That's another bit of a price play. He's much shorter in with most other bookies. Around sort of three to one, um, he's he's still in the top thirty for most fouls per game. I thought like last week there was a tackle from him where he had play not already been called back for a previous foul by one of his teammates. He may have been carded for it. Um, the one thing I though you did mention obviously about Atkinson and uh, he's get, he's refed uh, two games in November and given no cards in either of them. So that not doesn't really fill me with confidence. Um, and he's refed Spurs and Arsenal five times this year. Um, so five individually. And uh, given the teams, just three cards between them in those five five games. So uh, I'm not hap- I'm not looking at team cards, but I'm happy to look at player cards um, as a one-off on the price like that. Because Aurier, um, he's, he's averaging high for fouls and he's played two North London derbies that he started and he's been carded both times. I just think that he's the kind of player that will... Will happily let's say Spurs are leading. He is not going to be shying away from holding a player back or something like that. And I think that's what both of his previous um, cards have been for as well in the North London derby. So so no like short price play for me actually here. Kane to have an assist at eleven to two at Labrooks and Coral. And uh Aurea to be carded at nine to two, eight sport. And I just echo basically what you guys have said about under goals and, and maybe a Spurs win. Paul Serge. Every week he gets mentioned. Every <laughs> week he gets put up for a card.
0: This will be his last chance, I think. <laughs> OK, great uh, food for four from the guys there on the North London derby for Sunday. But let's move on to the big game in Europe. Tom, as always, put out a poll on Wednesday to see which game he wanted us to cover. Bayern Munich's dust-up with Leipzig proved victorious. Massive match in the Bundesliga. Leipzig normally give Bayern a decent test, but they are 11-2 to for a surprise win in Munich. Bayern rested plenty of their big hitters in midweek. They're rated four to nine pokes to succeed. um, You look at Bayern Munich, definitely showed a few weaknesses, a few vulnerabilities from a defensive perspective over the past six months. But they're just a relentless winning machine at the moment. So I'm intrigued to hear what the guys think is the best play for this match on Saturday evening. So I'll start with you, Will. Bayern Leipzig, great game. What's the bet?
2: Yeah, yeah. Bayern are obviously breaking all the records targeting a ninth successive title. Um, And yeah, I I wasn't, I was obviously, I I didn't really hear about the team news um, midweek until just before kickoff. And I'd already, I'd looked at the Atletico price and I was like, what on earth is going on here? So (laughs) clearly, (laughs) yeah, uh, it was to do with uh, Lewandowski, Goretzka, Neuer, all all rested. Um, I, from what i've read about this fixture over the last few years and nagelsmann's um ability against bayern is that i am looking at it from trying to get an angle to to kind of support leipzig really at uh, the prices as well um last weekend um stuttgart took the lead against bayern and probably should have been 2 no up um but they did come back to win 3-1 um and obviously against a local rival in stuttgart it was a bit of a Bit of a game that was without, didn't have any real fire to it, unfortunately. Um, and, yeah, obviously they, they rested players as well in midweek. So they'll, they'll be strong for this game. Um, a big talking point, actually, that which kind of has some relevance to Bayern as well, which I wanted to mention last week, but I forgot to actually, was um, go back to the Champions League last week and a penalty awarded in Bayern v Salzburg was... Uh, was basically 50-50 according to William Hill it was 1. Point, well 17 to 20 either side um,
0: i think it was a bit Yes of a Rick. or
2: no yeah um it, it could have been but i i, I looked it got I, taken I looked, down eventually did it yeah. okay yeah i i kind of looked into this a bit more and i feel that it's a lot of it's to do with the goal line clearly um, the goal line in that game was 4.25 so the more goals you expect the more chances you expect maybe that means the more Chances for penalties you expect because there's more action in the box and things. Um, and obviously it's it's to do with the handball rules and, and referee kind of data as well at the moment. But um, there are more and more chances really to go against a penalty at this rate. I, I know you've been calling me the penalty professor, but I was... <laughs> Don't want to be associated with them anymore. At this rate, like it's uh, it's mad. And the the goal line in this game as well is is three point seven five. I mean, it's his first v second, two teams that score and a load of goals. Um, so I, there is definitely a bit. It seems to be tied to that penalties awarded. So like the differentiation between the prices of those from fixture to fixture is seeming to be tied to to something to do with goal lines, in my opinion. Um, and it's. In this game, it's 8-13 to 13 for no penalty awarded. Um, I'm not going to tip it because there is uh, no referee appointment yet. And without that, I wouldn't be confident on either side. And actually, if you look at the Bundesliga, there's been 35 pens in 81 games this season, which would suggest if you reduce it for for games with multiple, multiple penalties a little bit, then you're looking at about 40% chance of a penalty, which would be 6-4. to four. So the opposite side of that should for no should be four to six. Um, So actually eight to 13 would suggest that that's a bad price. (laughs) So, um, and without the, without the referee uh, appointment yet, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go against it, but if it is someone who gives a very low amount of penalties, I might, because I, I don't think this game's actually going to have anywhere near 3.75 goals. Um, it, It could blow out, but I, I don't think it will looking at, at recent head-to-heads um, there's been three goals or less in in uh, all of the last eight meetings um, so only the two meetings where Leipzig in their first season in the top flight uh, those games were crazy it was, it was like five four and something else but um, so goal gluts there but um, not in the recent ones and Nagelsmann has picked up at least a point in five of his eight Bundesliga matches against Bayern two wins three draws um, he's not lost against them while we're in charge of Leipzig. Um, Squad-wise, they are missing Henriks, Klosterman, and Lima. Leimer. Conrad Lima has been quite pivotal in some of these games against them. So, um, but it was nil-nil last season with largely what will be largely the same lineups, um, and only four shots on target in that match, which I found amazing, really. Um, so there's no shot on target prices up either yet but i think if you can if the line's around nine nine point five i'll be i'd be back in unders for that um and in general i think my my play will just be going against goals um under three age under three goals on the asian line is uh seven to four bet 365 so if there's three goals then your you know, bets void and you get your money back only if there's more than three will we lose um, I know Bayern have scored 31 goals in nine games, but I did look at that, and 12 of them have come against Schalke and Ar- Ar- Armenia. Bielefeld, bottom, the bottom two, so in the five of the other nine, they've only they've scored three or less um, in those other five five of those five of the other nine games. So it hasn't been all madness from from them. I, they have they are obviously scoring a lot, but um, and then another interesting thing is that I mean this would probably go against my goal my goal play, but it's more to do with Nagelsmann's ability to kind of reserve them. But yeah, Leipzig have had the most shots in the league, 150, and they've won more penalties, uh, with five, um, than any other team in the Bundesliga. So I think the, the penalty could be kind of key here to, to number of goals, um, with the amount that we're seeing 40% in the league. Like if there is a pen, chances are we might be around that three Asian goals line. Um, and another one, actually, just quickly to mention is um, that Leipzig have won more tackles than any team um, as well in or more challenges. So aerial challenges are involved included in this, but uh, than any team in the league. Um, so that there's no tackle markets up yet, but that might be worth thinking about, too. But um, and we'll, yeah, I know a lot of people have been on Angelo, their their wing back to score anytime. he's uh, Angelino. Sorry. Um, he's seven to one to score anytime with eight eight sport and he's their top scorer in the league at the moment. So that that will be a little small play for me again, just because of how much he gets forward. But my main bet is going to be uh, uh, under three goals at seven to four, um under three aging goals at uh, a bet for three six five. And I, I just I don't really have a preference on the one x two to be honest. I expect Bayern will win, but I think it might be quite tight.
0: Yeah, over to you, Tom. Uh, Will's right. Julian Nagelsmann has, uh, has enjoyed these matches against Bayern, might not necessarily get the results, but he's certainly given them food for thought and given them a really good game. So what's your, what's your angle for, for this match?
1: Well, I was nodding along in approval, almost to the point of laughter, that <laughs> what Will's come up with there, because it's literally two of the angles are pretty much exactly the same, <laughs> same as what I've got. Uh, I swear, swear to God we have not conversed about these, but my um, two bets were under three, three and three-quarter goals at 1.9, and um, Angelino, two or more shots, which is three to one. <laughs> I also looked at Angelino, seven to one anytime time, uh, with 8.88 and uni bet as well. I've got that down exactly the same. So, yeah, there's not an awful lot to add from my perspective here. I think that the... Um, That Nagelsmann, he does know how to get the better of Bayern and uh, I I just knew instinctively that this match has been low scoring and um, it's been tight so yeah, we've seen 2-0-0s and a 1-1 a 1-0 and a 2-1 in the last five so yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards going against the grain here and and going unders on a very high goal line Um, obviously Bayern Rested Neuer, Goretzka, Lewandowski, Muller and nabry None of them started in the game in Madrid, which is understandable. Uh, Flick's done quite a good job at rotating his team, actually, in in this kind of busy season. And uh, Leipzig obviously went pretty full strength in Turkey, and um, that was quite a sizable trip. And um, they've got to come back for this one, and, and they're playing at the Allianz as well, which is a, another pretty decent trip and they've uh, got
0: to think about Tuesday night's nice game against Manchester United as well
1: precisely precisely mate and I think that I was I was looking at a way and getting buying on side here um maybe looking at a minus one on the Asian handicap but even that's hardly a price um so the prices have dictated my thinking here quite a lot and given I rarely do right um they're above Bayern on XG ratio as well. Defensively, they've been probably the best team in the league on the data. I know uh, before the Bielefeld game, they were averaging 0.6 expected goals against, which is really strong. Uh, it's kind of a facet of the player that doesn't get talked about enough, the defensive stability under Nagelsmann. And he, even from his Hoffenheim days, he knows how to get the better of uh, Bayern, and he kind of prides himself on these, these crunch games and getting it right. Um, and kind of competing with the best, and yeah, I, I think that they're a little bit too big. Uh, I can understand why the money's kind of come for Bayern, uh, but the draw is nine to two. I've just checked that nine to two. We bet three six five for the draw. Uh, it's landed in the last three head to heads. I'm not a massive head to head punter, but. Um, I know Leipzig had a 1-1 against Frankfurt recently, Bayern drew at home against Bremen, 1-1 uh, as well. So maybe the 1-1 is something to look at. I think that's trading around 12 on the exchange, uh, or 12.5, which is something that could be of interest. Um, I just think that it, it'll be a bit tighter than the bookmakers are giving it here, and the price on Bayern's just not... Not something that's going to entertain me, especially with the amount that they're conceding chance-wise. And um, I think Leipzig definitely have a shout at getting a point here. So, yeah, my my main bet will be under three and three-quarter goals, so under 3.75 goals. That's 1.89 on bet 365. I think that's a cracking price. and I know why people will be wanting overs in a buying game, but you've got to understand that the, the fixture list has been mad for both of these sides. Um, I think both will be happy to play it on fairly tight margins, to be honest. And um, yeah, I, I think w- with Leipzig being more defensively sound this season, I think that um, getting that on side, I mean, we, we'd make money if uh, 0, 1, 2, or 3 goals were scored, and we'd only lose half our stake if four goals were scored. So you're only losing your full stake if five or more goals are scored here. Whenever you see a goal line that big, I'm more than inclined to get against it. So um especially with how now done against Bayern in the last couple of years. So yeah, my main bet's under three and under three point seven five goals, sorry. Generous at one point nine. Um, I'll have a tickle on the draw as well at nine to two. I'd have that more seven to two. Um, so I think there's a, a point of value there for us, and yeah just on Angelino, I think that he's been their best player this season um, a real outlet on that left hand side, famed for his crossing of course, but I mean he's been popping up left right and centre with his shots, he's averaging over two shots per game this season uh, you can get him to have two or more shots at 3-1 to one on Coral and Ladbrokes on their bet builder um, so definitely want to look Look at there, I think that Bayern are conceding more expected goals than the likes of Cologne and a few other teams this season, so it's it's not like they're going to a really stout defensive side here. They'll fancy the chances of Buddy in the nose, and, yeah, 3-1 on him to have two or more shots. Could be on set pieces from the right-hand side as well with his left foot. So, yeah, something to definitely look at there. It's landed in five of his last eight. He had six against BLFL, so... um, Good chance of him landing two here, I think, at a generous price, three to one. Um, he's 19 to five for a shot outside the box as well, if you want to take that. Um, maybe one to wait on team news for that, see if he will be on free kicks, because most of his shots do actually come inside the box, surprisingly. Um, so, yeah, my two shots at three to one, Angelino will be my uh, probably my next best in that game. Couldn't put you off Will shout at seven to one any time as well. With him scoring a couple in the last couple of weeks, so yeah, back against the high goal line here, uh, the draw's is a price play for me, and so is
0: Angelino. Lovely. I like it when you both are in agreement on, on a couple of that. So we're going against the grain at the Allianz, opposing goals, and getting Angelino on side in the shots and goals markets so of a few angles proposed by both Tom and Will. So. Okay, let's move on to my favourite part of the show, when we get your best bets, your long shots, your naps, and um, we're going to start with the latter. Straight back to Will
2: for his long shot bet at seven to two or larger this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to League One for Sunderland v Wigan, um, top versus well, not top actually, but top versus bottom on the data at least anyway, and uh, Sunderland, uh, yeah, seventh, uh, Wigan bottom of the league. Sunderland haven't won in the last four league games. Um, but interestingly, in those games, I, I just think that they've been a bit unlucky, actually, basically, so far this season. Um, I do think that Parkinson being sacked is probably, or being let go, let's say, uh, a bit more pleasant, maybe. But um, was was probably fair enough. Um, but they their, their process, yeah, is fairly decent. They won the shot count across those four league games that, they, that they've failed to win in. Uh, they've won it in three of them and total shots, with, they've won 59 shots, four to 30 against. So almost double. Um, and they set top of the league for XG from open play and shots in the box ratio. Um, and they're only marginally second to, to posh on overall XG ratio. So... I think that it's probably, I mean, there's a few teams above them that are basically overachieved a little bit, like a whole. I mean, they're doing a little bit better than you, we might have expected, although they're playing very well, playing very good football. But, um, and yeah, we are at the other end of the spectrum, really, comfortably bottom on all, all three metrics that I've just mentioned above. Um, and yeah, I, guess, I think if you played this game on paper um, or maybe on Microsoft Excel, you'd probably <laughs> um, expect the outcome to be well about two nil uh for Sunderland 1.7 goals for probably for Sunderland and and less than a goal for Wigan really um which is why the odds are 4 to 11 about a home win clearly um just a little bit of stuff that's going on at Sunderland Danny Cowley's being rumored for head coach they're talking about a real shake-up of the operating model really there there's changing the changing Change of management of it, move, moving towards kind of the sporting director thing and no, not an actual manager, but a head coach. C- Cowley is two to five to, to be appointed, shortening in a lot today. So something's going on there. I think he'd probably be a good appointment. Um, had real good success with Lincoln with two promotions and two, two cup runs with them. Um, and that's just that time at Huddersfield, probably, I don't think it really was a great reflection on him, really, maybe more just the fact that... Huddersfield had dropped out of Premier League and we're just in a bit of a downward spiral with without um without I don't think he really could have saved that. Um the the EFL interest in the in midweek was has been a real tough thing to call. I had a look and only six favorites um out of twenty-two fixtures won. So my, my play with a long shot here is I'd rather instead of I was thinking about Sunderland to win to nil, but the unpredictability of all that, I feel like I might as well just go for a bigger price to win to nil is only 13 to 10 because I was considering Sunderland really for a next best maybe or something. But um, just due to this golfing class, I thought I'd try and capitalise on it and I'm going to go for a correct score. Three uh, nil to Sunderland um, It's eight to one with bet three, six, five. Um it's, it's slightly bigger. Is available at uh, seven. I can't work nineteen to two probably. Um, it's but uh, you won't get the board draw refund security that you will get with Bet365. So I'll take the eight to one. Um, they just have so much attacking quality, and I do think that it'll, it'll probably start to shine through again. This for, get them out of this form We've got Danny Graham, Charlie White, Will Grigg, Chris McGuire, all of these guys to options up front. And defensively, it has, that's not been their issue. They, they've they just been involved in a lot of narrow games, um, been unlucky to, con- to concede as many as they have, and they've only conceded 12. Um, and, yeah, uh, Wigan as well have had um, Liam Richardson, who's just their temporary in charge there. They've not fielded, he mentioned, they've not fielded the same 11 all season. Um, and Joe Garner is now also either off to the Indian Super League or Cyprus. Um, they, so they're just losing even more senior players. Um, no consistency, I feel for him. But then um, they have had a couple. They did get Cal um, Smith back in midweek um, from injury. And he actually came back with a goal. So he was a bit more of a senior player that they might lean on. But I think that it will just be a clean sheet win for Sunderland. And I expect by a few goals. So I thought I would have a chance at 8-1 to one for 3-0.
0: Nice one. Uh, over to you, 10, Tom, your your long shot.
1: Right, well, I was toying with two, but I'm, I'm going to stick my neck on the line and go for a, a decent price. Um, I'll just ask you a question first, Mark, actually. If, oh, if, no. I, if you took... Um, the, don't worry, it's not too bad. It's just a general one. I think if you took two average Premier League games and you put each team to have over one card in a double... So just for two games, every team in that in them two games to have over one card. What price do you think it would come out at generally? Uh,
0: in the Premier League at the moment, uh, hard to tell. Maybe five to two, three to one.
1: Right. Well, I've got one for you. That's fifty one point five to one. So I'm not <laughs> checking, what? I'm not checking the Mick. Yeah, um, bizarre, and it's something that's purely a price play more than anything. Um, well of course it is when it's 50 to 1 um, and it, it, it's two of the games involving the two favorites for the Premier League which is Man City and Liverpool so Man City are at home against Fulham at 3pm on Saturday and Liverpool are at home against Wolves um, I think that's on Sunday so two games here every each of those four teams to have over one card, we bet 365 in a double, 51.5 to 1 and to be honest, I think that that, that should be ha- well, not even half the price even shorter than that, I'd, I'd have expected that to be about 14 to 1 maybe, and you're getting 50 to 1, so I've chucked a couple of quid on it already myself and um, yeah, Man City against Fulham's an interesting one Fulham have seen the most cards in the Premier League this season and they're coming up against the Man City side that are obviously stacked full of talent and they're going to have their hands full so the Fulham side of it's pretty straightforward I think they've hit two or more cards in um, all but one this season uh, which is really strong and Man City although they haven't been excellent for cards I mean the price is obviously factored into these um think that the way that Fulham played against Leicester, playing on the counter-attack, uh, they started with kind of even Cavalero in a false nine there. And uh, the likes of him and Luckman and Bobby Reid can cause some real problems for that City defence, I think, it on the uh, transition. And City obviously playing a lot of games at the minute. I just wonder if fatigue could be playing a factor with them here. Um, and, yeah, I think that this bet would have landed in about 30% of Man City's home games last season, if not more. Uh, so, yeah, that, that'll be the first game. And then the other one's Liverpool against Wolves. And Wolves, I'm looking at that, similar reasoning to Fulham. I think that they could cause Liverpool a few problems on the break. Uh, another side with a high line, uh, Obviously, no Raul Jimenez, but I actually think that would work out better for backing a, a team against Wolves for cards because they'll probably go with front three of uh, Traore, Podence, and Pedro Neto, who've all looked brilliant, um, of where especially Pedro Neto as player who's looking uh, in fine form at the minute. I'm, I'm sure that the likes of Liverpool will be looking at him uh, in the future. And, um, yeah, I think that Liverpool could get caught out again. They've had a lot of uh, mourning about the, the fixture list at the minute, so... Another fatigue element for them could come into play, and uh, Wolves are always good for a card as well. We saw that against Arsenal. I think they picked up four in that game. So, yeah, a bit of a fire, but you can't say no to that price, can you? Fifty-one to one uh, for a double. You're only needing four things to happen for you. Um, it's it's just way too good to turn down. So if that comes in, I'll, I'll be popping up in the champagne. I think. <laughs>
0: Nice one. I like that. Uh, over to you then, Will, for your next best.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm actually going to a game which we had in the poll that didn't get voted through. Um, Sevilla v Real Madrid. Uh, three straight La Liga wins for Sevilla, but the uh, and midweek wasn't great at all. Uh, and But the, the data as well isn't on their side in, in La Liga really either. Expected points has them down in 12th. Um, so they're overachieving a lot at the moment. They've had a few games where they've won by narrow margins. They beat, they've beat they beaten Huesca, Osasuna and Levante all by one goal, uh, one nil scorelines. Um, and yeah, all arguably games that may not really have resulted in a win. They only had three shots on target across those three games. Um, so that really explains the XG uh, woes there. For, that's why they're down. They should be down in 12th. Um, and yeah, just couple that with Sevilla's 4-0 loss to Chelsea it was, just, it was just a huge shock result to me that I just I think I bet, I bet on the game and I, I I bet on like under 2.5 goals and I would probably have sided with Sevilla um maybe I hadn't looked at the data on them in La Liga but that was a massive uh, shock to me that um usually just massive really formidable in in Europe at home or just in Europe in general um and they started the game quite well, but they gave up so many big chances. And I mean, Giroud's finishing was sublime. Everyone was lauding him in midweek, but um, there were other opportunities as well. And it wasn't just him taking his chances clinically, it was also, you know, just quite a lot of poor defensive play from Sevilla, um, something we haven't really been used to seeing from them. Um, and they've also lost this season to Bilbao, to Aiba, and to Granada all in tight games as well, where they've only lost by one goal margins. But they basically seem to have been fairly level pegs with a lot of average teams in La Liga this season, uh, yet yeah, are doing a lot better than you might expect. Um, and obviously, they meet up with Real Madrid, who are in a pretty bad shape um, on in terms of results. So the opposite to Seville, really, though, because the, the data behind Madrid hasn't been as bad as you'd maybe expect, back-to-back defeats against Shakhtar and Alaves puts a lot of pressure on them in both um, La Liga and in the Champions League. Um, But and yeah, a failure to win this game would make it their first time since October 2018 that they went four games in La Liga without a win. Um, And that when that happened was uh, Julian Lopetegui uh, was in charge and he'll obviously be in the rival dugout for this. So that's quite... An interesting thing i'm sure zidane is not going to get sacked uh, if they if they don't win this match but um something behind their bad form in in la liga especially is the fact they've conceded five penalties in their last three league games um which i just don't think is something that's going to continue that's that's something you will see normalization on um did see that game against valencia um yeah, it was just crazy, really. Um, so conceded three in one game to Valencia. Villarreal are very good at winning penalties. They, they topped the charts on that last season, and they they are again already this season. Um, and then yeah, obviously another Lucas Perez penalty in the Alaves game. But I don't see that continuing, um, and that's really been a big kind of um, harm for their for their form. Um, and if we just rewind a few weeks back, it was. People talking Real Madrid up quite quite nicely after they won El Clásico. It was obviously partly a Barcelona failure involved in, in this as well. But um, I, I can't really have them underdogs uh, against Sevilla. Um, so uh, Sevilla have had some other issues. They've got uh, Karim Rekic expected to start at right back. He's only ever started once for Sevilla. So this is not an ideal scenario fixture to come into. Um, and in midweek, there, their regular first choice goalkeeper, glitch uh, was out injured. I think he might return for this game. But um, everything's not great there now after that fairly heavy defeat um, to, to Chelsea. And I think that, yeah, nine to five on a Real win, I'm, I'm going to take a bit of security. Um, Asian handicap is just a shade over even money. So 2.01. At Bet365 for uh, uh, plus well plus zero, so it's basically draw no bet market. Um, so if, if it's if it's uh, a draw, you get your money back. Um, I just think that's a, a big value bet. Really, um, expect Real Madrid's to form to pick up and Sevilla's form to dip um, based upon the underlying data. So and the previous uh, recent form. Nicely put, Will. Real Madrid as your next
0: best. Back to you then, Tom, for your MB. Yeah, I'm going to um,
1: carry on quite a familiar theme that we've we've done on this podcast, and it's to, unfortunately, back against Southend yet again. Um, it's very rare that you're going to be able to back against the Shrimpers at around even money. But that is the case this weekend as they head to Stevenich. Um, these two, obviously, quite favoured for the drop this season and understandably so uh, Stevenich started the season really poorly as well I think they were both in the bottom two for quite a long time but they have picked up under Alex Ravel um, they've lost just two of the last seven league games and I think a real catalyst for that is Tom Peck coming back into the side in midfield he's probably their best player um, kind of everything good that they produce comes through him uh, they've also got uh, Adam Idiotti, who was on loan at Bradford last season. I saw quite a bit of him. Um QPR did, boy.
0: Did,
1: yeah, one of your lads. So, um, he's, he's been on loan a couple of times now. He, he did pretty well at Bradford, to be fair. I mean, he, he scored quite a few goals after a relatively underwhelming start. Um, we, what what we'd do for him up front at the minute. Um, <laughs> but Yeah, he's at Stevenich this season and... Uh, He's come into a bit of form, three in his last five. He got a man-of-the-match performance against um, Port Vale, the, the last home game that Stevenage had, which was a 2-1 win. Really impressive. Um, they've climbed up to 18th now, looking harder to beat as well. I mean, it, even the games that they've lost, uh, the large majority of them have just been by the odd goal. They've been pretty competitive. Um, they've been relatively competitive on the data as well. Uh, you can't really say that about End who, who are still in quite quite a demise. Uh, they've lost 11 of 14 this season. Um, most of them have been um, pretty comfortable as well, especially away from home. Um, they did get that one win at Walsall, uh, but it's not enough for me to, to fancy them um, at around 72 here. I think that Stevenich a team that are coming into a bit of form at the minute. I definitely want to get on board here. And um yeah, it could be tight. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if it if it's a one nil or a two nil job for Stevenich, but um yeah, they've they've got near enough of fit squad here. Um they've got more quality than south Southend. And South End's inexperienced defence is something that you just can't really have much faith in so yeah. Steven, it's your 10 to 11 with red zone um, around 17 to 20 at 1.85 in most other places. Um, I know if you back them at 17 to 20 on Bet365, if you don't have a red zone account, you get that early payout offer. So if they got two two goals up, you get you get your bet already settled as a winner. Um, so if you don't have an account with them, I'd, I'd probably go with Bet365 for that reason. Um, but yeah, I think that it's very rare you're going to get a price like that against Southend. And, uh, maybe if this was kind of four or five games into the season, I probably wouldn't touch it with a barge pole because both sides were pretty poor. But um, I've been pretty impressed with what I've seen of Stevenich in the last month or so. Key are back and uh, yeah, I fancy them to get a back-to-back home wins on Saturday.
0: So that's just Stevenage to win, yeah? Yeah, just a straight up win, 10 to 11. Okay, nice one. All right, drum roll, please, because it's the best part of the show when we get the guys' naps. Uh, I'm going to stay with you, Tom, please, for your best bet of the weekend.
1: Yeah, it kind of pains me to say it, but I want to kind of get against Bradford City this weekend, um, mainly due to the real bad, bad injury issues that we've got at the club. Um, I think that uh, they've been playing Clayton Donaldson up front every single game, and he's, what, 36, 37 now. Um, he's been a decent enough player for us, uh, but he's he's looking knackered. I mean, he's playing the first half okay. Second half, he, he's not even got involved, and it's understandable. Uh, Lee Novak's going to be rested again, McCall said. Um, he's not going to rush him back. Curtis Guthrie's not back yet either. Uh, P- Harry Pritchard was back on the bench, but McCall's been moaning that he can't play these players for longer than half a game, and um, yeah, he kind of went with a philosophy in the summer that he's going to go with a tight squad. He did that last time he was at the club, and it worked well, but with the heavy fixture schedule, I think that it's come back to bite him, and the, the knives are kind of out for him, even though he is a, a legend at the club, and um, Did get a new contract, weirdly, uh, the other week, um, just to give a bit more stability. But, yeah, it's very tough times to be a Bradford fan at the minute. We're sitting 22nd in the table. We haven't been this low since the days of Peter Taylor um, and that awful squad from about 2008, 2009. So, yeah, it's pretty desperate, to be fair. Um, And it's even more of a worry that Carlisle will come into town uh, they were excellent, again, Carlisle midweek against a strong Salford side, winning 2-1. Hammered in the shots yet again. It's something that I keep going on about. Carlisle top for shots in, this, in the entire league. I think the top for shots on target as well. And kind of the ethos that they got there, they just think, we'll go with this 4-3-3, we'll get midfield players going forward. Um, kind of just overrun teams in the final third and and smash loads of shots in, so yeah, it's no surprise that they've been racking up the corners as well Um, so my bet is going to be a mixture of a couple of things in the bet builder, it's going to be Carlisle double chance, so Carlisle to avoid defeat and Carlisle to have over three corners which is five to six with bet three, six, five if you Kind of a corner's backer. I can understand why some people are a bit sceptical because most kind of think it's a bit more random. But it's not the case when you're kind of seeing these figures. So Carlisle top for shots, as I mentioned. They've hit four or more corners in 14 of 15 games this season. 12 of 15, they've hit six or more. So the more you shoot, the more chance that the keeper's got to make a save and tip it behind the more chance that a player's gonna get a block in and it deflects out for a corner. So there's definitely merit in in uh, this kind of angle. And yeah, Bradford and very unlikely to win this game. Unfortunately, I think I think Carlisle are a good price around seven to four. Um, I think the money's come for him in the last 24 hours. To be fair, but can still get that five to six for Carlisle to avoid defeat, so they don't have to win the game. And then to have over three. Uh, team corners, yeah, that, that looks a cracking angle to me, so that'll be my nap.
0: Yeah, it does look like a fantastic fancy there, Tom. Well done. Uh, Carlisle's Beach Boys really impressing this season in League Two. Uh, back to you then, Will, for your favorite
2: fancy, please. yeah um, hope I'm also betting with both my heart and head as well as I'm uh, I'm gonna try and oppose Oxford. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, let's see if we can make it. I think it'll be five naps in a row, um, hopefully. So, yeah, obviously watched Oxford in detail last weekend against Swindon and they were were pretty poor. Um, Swindon have been conceding goals for fun this season. The the back is so defensively poor. 29 goals conceded in 15 games. Uh, Jonathan Grounds is just a horrible standard of, of ability for this division. And there's a fair few players around him as well. Are quite an inexperienced, and yeah, like Oxford just didn't manage to um, take advantage of that. Matt Taylor did score, and he did also miss an absolute sitter. So I think they would have been quite high up if we did record XG on on uh, lower leagues like that. But um, post post that miss, uh, they just Oxford tried to cling on to a, a, a one goal uh, win really. And Sheridan, it felt quite mindless, but he brought on our cent, uh, our. Backup centre back Tom Broadbent, and put him up front, um, and just lumped balls at him. And Oxford could couldn't deal with it at all. Uh, they got game got quite dirty. He was Broadbent was winning everything. Oxford were just kind of trying to waste time, and uh, eventually conceded. Um, yeah, from a set piece, two from one from a set piece, and then actually uh, this the second goal late on was a big mistake from the goalkeeper Eastwood, who uh, was then dropped in midweek as well. Um, and in midweek, they did actually get their first clean sheet of the season against Ipswich, which was is rather mad that it's taken them to game week 15 to, to get a clean sheet. Um, uh, they have had quite a congested fixture list lately, um, but the same could be said for Hull as well. Actually, both teams have played five games since the 17th of November. Um, I just think spirits cannot be that high as well at the moment at, at the Kassam Um yeah, uh, they. I mean, they obviously last last season they they lost in the playoff final, so they they were big fancies to do well again this season. And they're sitting twentieth with just as many points as games that they played. Um, and I you get the feeling that Carl Robinson is rather rather fraught and probably looking over his shoulder rather than actually considering a playoff push now. Like that's are eleven points behind um, Sunderland, who are on the edge of the playoffs. So um they will not be relishing the visit of uh, top of the table hull um and yeah, hull have won 11 out of 14 they've won four on the bounce they're the league's top scorers um on the data though they would actually they should actually be fourth so they uh, they've ridden their luck slightly um and i don't think that really probably explains why they're 13 to 10 hull because otherwise i couldn't really couldn't really tell you why um with a win rate like that at the moment um and uh yeah oxford sits seventh actually though as well so there are more things behind this That sits seventh for shots in the box ratio um the distribution um of that though is is, is uh it's quite it seems it must be quite concentrated into particular games where they have absolutely dominated because um otherwise they just they would not have the expected points which uh, which they do which actually has them down at 14th so it's, it's more of a case of when they've played well, they've played very well in a game, and that's why the XG so is is kind of favourable, telling telling us that they're underachieving, because uh, in the other games that they've they've been pretty poor. Um, they will have two thousand fans back at the Kassam. so um, we'll see what advantage that brings. I guess in, across all football, the whole football league in the next few weeks. But I don't really, for now, I'm not really prepared to propose a home field. Adv- uh, sorry, I am prepared to propose a. a home field advantage and um yeah Hull were were dominant against Doncaster in midweek just reading up about that performance they they should have won by more than one against a a very decent Doncaster team um money is already coming for Hull as well actually they opened at 11 to 8 and they're now into about 6 to 5 in most places uh so you might not even be able to get 13 to 10 now but um my thinking as well is if Tom Broadbent is going to be a handful for Oxford then uh, Josh McGuinness will definitely be because he's actually a striker and the same sort of build um as Broadbent um and he's supported with some fine wingers in uh, Malik Wilkes um, and Hakeem Adelikan um both of them have absolutely terrorized teams this season in, in this level um Wilkes was very good against Doncaster apparently and Delican is uh, really experienced, even though at the age of 24, he's had nine seasons of the Football League. He's having one of his best so far at the KCOM. Um, I think that um, a whole win at six to five or 13 to 10, I'll, I'll say it six to five. I think because it probably is only that now uh, is a is a very good thing um, and early early payout on that market with bet 6'5 as well. So if they go two goals up, uh, as Tom's mentioned earlier. You'll uh, you'll get paid out. So hold to win at six to five is my nap. Yeah, you mentioned that game against Doncaster. They actually won the shot
0: count twenty five six. Yeah, uh, the shots on targets <laughs> out. Shots on target seven to one in their favour, and shots in the box 12-2 in Hull's favour as well. So really impressive stuff from the Tigers. Um, okay, we've completed the show almost. Any other business? Uh, the floor is yours. Who wants to go first?
2: Go on, Tom.
1: All right, mate. Um, yeah, just one from me. Um, it's in Spain, actually. Um, we're gonna back Osasuna. draw or no bet? They're at home against Real Betis, and uh, yeah, they've been they've not been in fantastic, Nick. Of Osasuna, but if you like, look at who they've actually played against in the last four: uh, Sevilla, Atlético, and Barça have been three of them. Um, so I think that they're they have got a much better chance of getting something against Betis, especially at home. Uh, Bet- a Betis side that lost against Ibar uh, the other day. Really poor performance. Uh, Pellegrini is still there somehow. Uh, that's the guy who was manager of Man City, if you can remember. Probably the oldest looking manager that's ever managed <laughs> the entire league. I think he looks about 90 years old. He's, <laughs> only, si- he's only 67, Mark. What's that all about? 67
0: you know how old Chris Houston is? No, how old is he? He's in his 60s, and I thought he looked about 45. Yeah, but it puts Pellegrini
1: to shame. I mean, it looks like he's melting the lad. Um, he's it's just, it's just waiting for another payoff, I think. He um, won't be there much longer. Betis have been a shambles for a while, to be honest. And They've not really got any consistency. It's a massive club as well. Uh, I love it when they do well, but they've been a shambles, as I mentioned. Um, they've, they've now lost 7 of the last 9 in La Liga um, 7 of the last 9 that's terrible and uh, the confidence must be at rock bottom um, I just think like, the data kind of backs it up as well, the 19th unexpected goals ratio of 20 really poor for a team like that when they got the likes of Nabil Fakir and uh, William Carvalho um, but the defence is just not doing the business and Osasuna um, at home, they're pretty reliable. Uh, they've won two, drawn one, lost two. Uh, one of them losses against Atletico Madrid, the other on opening day against Levante. Um, so, yeah, I think that um, they they, they can get a good win here, I think. Uh, but to get the drawn side as well, in the drawn or bet market, and you can get evens about that, I think that looks very tempting indeed. I do think the money will come for Osasuna who are kind of ranked as more like a mid-table side when it comes to the data. Um, given the, the fact that they're at home, it's a big trip that as well. Um, up, up to Pampuona, um, from Betis in the south, so a sizeable journey. And um, I think that they can at least get a draw here. I fancy them for a win, but to get evens on draw our bets look, looks like a, a cracking alternative angle from the continent this weekend.
0: Yeah, I like it. Also, Suna at El Sadar, one of the best stadiums in Spain, unheralded stadium, you should say. But um, over to you then, Will, you're at AOB, please.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I kind of uh, wanted to get on board with Bolton again, but um, I think the best way of doing that is backing Doyle uh, to score again. He's uh, he's a bit bigger in this game because Port Vale are a bit more decent, although they've lost five in a row, Vale. Um, Doyle is 15 to 8 to score any time um we know how scintillating he can be in this in these leagues we also know from his time at bradford <laughs> they can go the other way sometimes but um he has uh they've they've named the same lineup in four games in a row um i think if he gets this consistency and a relationship going he scored four in four in those games uh this was the same kind of case of Swindon last season when he just The the style of play and the players around him were were ideal for him and he he lapped it up. Uh, So I think 15 to 8 for him scoring any time is a good bet at Skybet or Bet Victor. And the other one, just a nod to uh, Norway. Um, Haugersund play Strom's Godset on Sunday. Uh, Godset are desperate for points, but have only... Uh, I haven't won in 12 games and only mustered one shot on target in the last game. And I don't really, uh, I mean, Halgesund don't need it, but um, it's maybe it's a bit of the nothing to play for pricing. At the moment, only 888 eight, eight Sport have prices. Uh, so you may see a bit of a differentiation and maybe they move in with, with other bookies pricing them differently. But Halgerson draw no bet, is even money um or it w- actually it's not even money but i've worked out it will be roughly even money the only market available right now is winder or win um but they are underdogs so i think they'll be about evens um and actually just one other quick one uh is it's gillingham v swindon and if anyone wants wants a cards bet for the weekend this is another weird rivalry which goes back to the 70s due to some weird refereeing decisions and people punching each other in in uh on pitches and down, uh, down in changing rooms, and all sorts of stuff going on. And uh, these uh, groups of obviously, there's no fans at the game. Well, actually, sorry, there will be Gillingham fans, but there'll be no away fans. Um, but this fixture has just had goals in it um, sorry, cards in it um, with regularity. There's been two of the last four meetings have had a red, and in those two games, there were nine cards in both of them they've made it an early kickoff and I can't find any other reason other than I think they're worried about violence, which I'm <laughs> not really sure what, how that could be in, in COVID. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's 11 to two for a red card there. And, uh, Swindon have been so awfully dirty this season. And I pointed to it last week and I, it, I think there'll be more reds in, in Swindon this season and Gillingham have had two so far this season as well. And the, the referee is, is a decent appointment and he sent off, um, A Swindon player against Bradford in January so yeah a few reasons to think that there might be a red there Yeah you just need to look at the two managers in the dugout Steve Evans and John Sheridan so the players (laughs) should be well fired up for it
0: so right that's a wrap thanks guys Uh, thank you guys for listening too please do let us know if you've enjoyed it or if you have any feedback or ideas for future editions we'd love to hear it Um, but yeah thanks very much for your time and thanks again to you too Tom Cheers mate best of luck you too and to you Will Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Cheers. This has been the We Love Betting Weekend preview podcast. Chat soon.